This is the Six Man Show, an Orlando Magic podcast, with your hosts, Luke Sylvia and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic basketball. By fans, for fans. Go Magic. What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the Six Man Show. It is April 19th, 2021. As always, I'm joined by the man, Luke Sylvia. Luke, what's going on, man? Not much. Uh, just the more, I mean, it, it, I was talking to you about this the other day, but we were so, like, antsy is the only word I can think of for the trade deadline. That's what we were. We were the epitome of that. And now that the trade deadline has happened, the Magic have a new look, the young guys look good, um, you know, everybody's kind of came back down to earth and, the, you know, the sky's not falling anymore. All I can think about now is lottery night. We talked about this, obviously, and we're going to continue to talk about it um, because it is going to be one of the biggest nights in, in Magic, you know, in Magic history, basically, because the lottery will determine, you know, if the Magic will get a future franchise player. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's kind of just all I've been thinking about, Jonathan, to be honest with you, I'm, I'm running a lot of, you know, tankathon. I, I'm running one like every day I'm looking at tankathon's Twitter and they're releasing, you know, ones that they do and all that stuff. Um, you know, we were, we were talking to our best friend drew about this, but he was saying, you know, I, he said, I just, I get the magic as the first pick and then the bulls, not in the top four. And then I'm thinking like, yeah, we're going to get the seventh pick. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't know. Are you, is your, where's your optimism at with, as far as the draft lottery goes? Well, so we beat the bulls Wednesday night and then Thursday, it comes out that Zach Levine has now been placed into the health and safety protocols, meaning either he's come in contact with someone that has COVID or he has COVID himself. And we're looking at the bulls. And as of right now, they are four and six in their last 10. Right now, they would be eighth in the lottery if everything went according to plan and the pick would convey to the Magic. But the Bulls right now have a 23.5% chance of ending up in the top four, Luke. That's roughly once out of every four lottery sims that you run, the Bulls should end up in the top four. (laughs) The pick would not go to the Magic. It would go back to the Bulls. And then the Magic would get the Bulls pick for next year, and then it would be top three protected. Mm -hmm. So I kind of threw it out there Thursday that if the, this pick this year does not convey to the Magic, do you hold any blame to the front office? Do you lay any blame at the feet of John and Jeff? And I want to say on Twitter it was like 60% no and you know close to 30 40% yes. On Instagram, it was cut right down the middle. It was 50-50 on whether or not you would lay any blame on the front office if that pick doesn't convey. I I can completely admit I was in full-on panic mode when I realized that Zach Levine is going to be out probably for two weeks. The Bulls have already been terrible. They're not going to get better losing Zach Levine. And 15, 16 games that everybody has left to go, you know, the, the Bulls right now are only three games up on the Oklahoma City Thunder, who right now sit at fifth with the Magic sitting at fourth. 16 games, you're going to be missing Zach Levine for two weeks, so probably anywhere between like seven to eight games roughly. And you're only three games up between eight and five. I'm a little bit worried, I will admit. Now, 
Some folks have come out and said, oh, the statistical probabilities and blah, 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 blah. It's still a low probability that that will end up happening to the Magic. But Luke, you and I have been talking about this, that seeing Vooch on Chicago playing with Zach Levine and then seeing them play with someone like a Cade Cunningham or Jalen Green would just be the the stone cold stunner on top of the kick to the nuts that this year has been starting with if you go back to the bubble of the terror of the ACL of Jonathan Isaac and then Markel Fultz, all the injuries that have happened since then. It's just been one thing after another the last eight, nine months as a Magic fan. So I'm pretty worried. I'm I'm pretty concerned, probably irrationally so. But what are you gonna do? That's me. Yeah, well what you're gonna do, Jonathan, is you're gonna box score watch every Chicago Bulls game as right now actually the Bulls are up five with seven minutes to go against the Boston Celtics, where the Celtics were favored to win the game because obviously Zach Levine not playing and the Celtics do have uh Tatum and Brown. So you know, and and to no one's surprise, Jonathan Nikola Vucevic is having to do it all. Um, I wonder if it feels familiar for Vucevic right now. Uh, he has twenty five and eight, eleven from twenty from the field, three of six from three. I mean, he's doing it all. Hopefully that they can they can win the game because I'm already nervous about the Magic's pick, Jonathan. I I really don't want to be nervous about the Bulls pick. And what I'll say about if. I will put blame on the front office if the pick doesn't convey. I probably won't. That's just me. I I don't I've told you this before. Until the front office really screws us over, this front office specifically, I'm not going to put blame on something that they probably did run the data. They did run the the percentages and all that stuff and said, "Okay, it's safe to do put a top 4 protected on this." And the Bulls were saying, "We want to put a top protected because if we have because in a crazy year who knows if Zach Levine is going to have to go out and, and and you know who knows who's going to have to go out so maybe that's their thing and they were covering themselves and then Orlando is thinking from just an analytical standpoint statistically speaking we should be good to do this we're just going to do it just so they have you know a safety net um, and then you know if we don't get it you know, it, it's not like they don't get the pick back, but it will be. It, it won't even be a lottery pick at that point next year if the Bulls were to get this one, um, because Levine, Vooch, and Kate Cunningham or Jalen Green. I I just don't think that's not a bad. That's not a, a top. That's not a lottery team next year. I don't think so. Especially when Vooch has more time under his belt, more games played with that group. They kind of get the the chemistry down. They're starting to look for him on pops and trailing, and you know from three and all that. Um, so yeah, I I think I think both front offices knew what they were doing when they when they put that top four protected and they agreed on it. And and you know until proven otherwise, like I said, I'm going to continue to rock with front office and and not really put blame in in those situations. So we'll see. And you know nothing's guaranteed. So um, that is why it's a lottery. So speaking of scoreboard watching, so we're recording this just after 9 o'clock. It's about 9.20 right now, Eastern time. Cavs and Pistons tied at 100 apiece, 2 minutes, 36 seconds to go in the fourth quarter. Rockets are up 1 on the Heat at halftime, Luke. So we'll have to keep an eye on those two scores. If the Pistons win tonight, Luke, the Magic and the Pistons would both be tied 
at 18 and 40 on the season. So, or, or excuse me, Detroit no. would be 18 and 40. Orlando would be 18 and 39. Yeah, so they so we're at that point a half game half. out yeah. of the three spots, which so is big really because it hasn't been a half since I can remember. It's been teetering between one to three games. I feel like for the last few months or a cup two months month or so so the fact that it could get within a half game i mean that that would be really big i hate that <laughs> you ever like get caught thinking about like wow we're the I, I like all things aside injuries and all that stuff which obviously played the huge factor in this but it's like the team we cheer for really is a bottom four team in the league pretty soundly and they might be worse than that <laughs> But we there's a lot more to that, obviously. And, you know, J.I., Markel, all those guys out, not too worried. But there is those moments where I'm like, wow, we are one of the worst teams in the league, and it's not even close. Well, if it hadn't been for Vooch literally having the best year of his career, we would definitely be worse than bottom four right now. Like, you could argue we'd be, you know, one or, or possibly even two as the Pistons are up one, 146 to go. Going to be watching that like crazy. But, yeah, I mean, not to mention two weeks from now, we actually play the Pistons. So if this gets any closer and it stays like that and these games continue to go the way they've been going, that May 3rd game is, is going to be pretty important when it comes to talking about the, the lottery odds and, and everything like that. And going back to talking about laying blame at the feet of the front office, you're 100% right, and I have been talked off the ledge. I will agree to that. You know, I, I will concede that I was a little bit, paranoid but at the end of the day if the Bulls end up with a 23% chance of getting into the top four they still have a 77% chance of not ending up in the top four so the odds are still in our favor but over the last nine years or so in the draft lottery we've seen the odds play against us again and again 2014 you talk about being one spot away from being able to select Joel Embiid 2015, you're one spot away from being able to draft Kristaps Porzingis, which that career has not gone the way that it had looked the first couple of years in the league, mostly due to injury. But I think we could all agree that we would ra much rather have Kristaps Porzingis right now than Mario Hazonia. You talk about 2017, Sacramento, who had won two more games than us, jumps up to second. Now they take freaking Marvin Bagley, which f will just forever be frowned upon. But they could have taken Luka Doncic. They could have taken Trey Young. So forgive me if I'm a little bit scarred and battered as a Magic fan in the lottery luck that we have had the last nine years or so. I was talking to a coworker of mine about it today. And, you know, I'm just talking about the rough lottery luck that we've had recently. He's like, give me a freaking break. You guys had Shaq. Then you <laughs> drafted Penny. Then you had Dwight. He's like, I'm a Knicks fan. All right. We, we've had it rough lately. So. I guess we don't have too much to complain about, Luke, but let's get into the weekly state of the Orlando Magic, and then we'll start to break down the happenings of this week. So your Orlando Magic, as of today, sit with a record of 18 wins, 39 losses, which is good for 14th place in the Eastern Conference. They are five and a half games out of the play-in game, which seems like it's 50 games away. The Magic have the fourth worst record in the league as of right now. As of right now, they are just one game up on the Detroit Pistons for the third worst record in the league, who again, the Magic play May 3rd in Detroit at 5-16 and 16 since the All-Star break, Luke. Only the Houston Rockets have a worse record than Orlando with a record of 4-19, and, and we're going to throw it to Luke for the injury report. 
yeah, so Otto Porter Jr. Uh, remains out with that foot injury. He's only played in three games um, since trade deadline. I wanted to ask you, in terms of Otto Porter, it, he's he's expiring. Um, so just kind of wondering what your thoughts are. I mean, the more that Otto Porter is out due to injury, we've only got, what, 16 games left on the schedule. I wonder if that, that gives him less time to really prove a worth to the front office and makes it even easier for the front office to be, you know, hey, thanks for your, th- you know, three, whatever, how many games is at that point that you will have played, uh, that you played for us. See you, see you later. Um, because he's been kind of less than impressive um, since he's been with Orlando. Eight points a game, 11% from the three-point line on three attempts. He averaged .8 more three-point attempts uh, in Chicago, but shot 40%. Um, and then shot 8% better from the field on about the same amount of field goal attempts where he shot 44% in Chicago, 36% Orlando, averaging about the same amount of minutes per game. Obviously, it's three games, small sample size. There's a lot of chemistry problems, stuff like that. But um, I do wonder if, if that kind of contributes to the front office being more willing to let go come offseason. I think it has to. I mean, you look back to, you know, 20... 20- 17-2018 season, Otto Porter plays and starts in 77 games. 2018-2019 only plays 56 games. 2019-2020 plays in 20... Uh, I'm sorry, 2019-2020 plays in 14 games. And then this year, he's only played in 28 games. So he just at this point seems like a guy who cannot stay healthy, as, as bad as that sounds. And with the amount of money that he's making, and I'm sure the amount of money that he's hoping to make in the offseason, given his position, you know, you've got Chuma Okiki coming back. You've got Jonathan Isaac, uh, other guys that you might want to bring back, perhaps like a James Ennis. I don't know that Otto, I don't think any of us thought that the Magic were going to re-sign Otto after this year, but he was looking at, you know, like a 25-game-ish tryout with the Magic if he was able to stay healthy. It doesn't look like that's the case. Maybe you mix in some of the fact that perhaps there's some front office finagling happening with manipulating the roster and they want to keep him out for tanking purposes maybe. I don't know, but I don't think Otto Porter comes back next year. Yeah, so continuing with that injury report, you've got James Ennis, uh, who is currently day-to-day with that sore calf. He missed Sunday's game against the Rockets. Uh, T. Ross is day-to-day. He tweaked his back, um, and you know Clifford kind of addressed that again today and just said like his back shot basically is what it sounded like. Um, and then MCW also day-to-day expected to miss several games um, after that ankle sprain he had Wednesday against the Bulls, which, by the way, was atrocious. Um, and then... Okay, so guys, I'm gonna let you in on a little secret. Every week, Jonathan writes out this injury report. All right, <laughs> and 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 the, he he didn't need to do this. What I'm about to tell you, he didn't need to. He just wanted to kind of stick it in and just twist it um, into my side. He put Ji and Markel out. So thank you. Are they for not, that, Jonathan? They are they not? I we know they're this. out. We know I'm this, just going Jonathan. The I have nightmares here. every night. I Just have trying nine to do my job. every night. Yeah. So uh, thanks for that, Jonathan. Um, yeah. So then, you know, the last of that, guys, in case you were wondering, J.I. Markel, they're they're out. And in case you didn't hear it, it was an ACL. So so there's that. Oh, my gosh. I just still can't get over the fact that, like, if Markel Fultz doesn't tear his ACL, we just we probably don't see the domino effect that has 
happen this year, which just it's got to be divine intervention well, at this point. Well, this is just like God <laughs> is like, you're going to have a terrible season. At the end of all this crappiness, you're you're going to be rewarded with a title. That's the only thing that makes well, sense to me. So, well, you said that like you know Markel's domino effect. After this, guys, we're going to get into our uh, weekly tankathon spin of the wheel. Um, and Jonathan, regardless of how inconvenient it is, inconvenient it is, he's going to put on that tanking hat, um, which has been bruised and battered, and we'll talk about that. But um, no, AG actually had some had it was it an article in the Athletic where I don't really want to get into that too much. Um, but, but he did say, um, you know, alluding to that domino effect that Mark injury had, you know, uh, I would have loved to have continued basically to play with a healthy Mark a healthy Jonathan Isaac. Um, and so that just kind of solidified that, Oh, things would have been different. AG wouldn't have requested that trade. Um, but that's the, that's the way of the game. That's kind of the luck of the draw for, for the magic in the past, you know, year and a half, I guess, um, you know, losing J.I. to the ACL and then Markel the same. So, yeah, th- there definitely was that domino effect that is crazy to think about where, where the team would be. Um, but to be honest, if none of that happens, I do wonder if the Magic are just another 7-8 seed um, and we don't get the ball rolling this quickly. So it kind of has been, you know, a, a little bit of a blessing there because we don't know what the team would have been like. Um, but, but this year, I mean, we, we get to see kind of where it all plays out, put all of the, the, you know, the, the chips on the table and they're riding with the young guys. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens on lottery night. Um, you know, that being said, Jonathan, unless you have things to add, just go ahead and slap that bad boy on. Let's get to that tankathon. I really don't want, I'm, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to set it up on my head here and I'm just going to, I'm just going right. to hold it on my head. This looks way more ridiculous, uh, but it's way more comfortable than trying to hold the headphones on while I try to do this. What I will say is with a healthy Markel, like we're, I think we're easily like fifth or sixth in the East, uh, at least fair. this year. And then with Jonathan Isaac this year, you know, we're probably looking at like a four or five in the championship. I, well, maybe not. Maybe we won't go that far. As the Pistons are up two with 29 seconds left, let's go Detroit. They really oh, screwed us over the other night. So they kind of they're up four. Thanks a lot, up Google, four. for nothing. Yeah, I'm on ESPN's up four with 16 seconds left. Josh Jackson let's had a go, shot. Let's go, baby. Called timeout. So let's everybody go. listening is like, guys, I already know. I already know the Pistons yeah. won or lost. That's so fire. I don't know why we're doing this, but all right, it's true. Up the Pistons four, are gonna, 16 imagine. seconds left. They better. They better. Fingers not crossed. All right gonna go ahead and share the screen here and then luke tell me are you able to see the screen here yeah yeah i gotcha i, I just want to point out if you look at like my google ads here you can <laughs> tell what i what i google a lot is just orlando magic memorabilia so that's awesome so anyways folks orlando's sitting there pretty in the the fourth spot there 18 and 39 right now uh top four they have a 48.1 percent chance of ending up in the top four they have a 12.5 percent chance of the number one pick overall Looking down to Chicago, which right now that pick would convey to Orlando if this uh, order holds true. They're 23-33. and 33. They have a 23.5% chance of a top four pick and the 5.3% chance at the number one overall pick. Luke, any last words before we sim this bad boy? Uh, Orlando first, uh, Chicago sixth. That's what is I want. Is that even physically possible? I, I, I don't, think the I best d- I've seen is the Magic at one and, and Chicago at eight. Yeah, I, I don't think, think it's possible. I think that might be the best possibility right now, but I really don't know. So, well, everybody I just knows like the rules. The, I, I mean, through the duration of the season, I just wanted to get to that point. I didn't know we were, you know, predicting this. 
Uh, I yeah, see. No, I mean, obviously, first and first and eighth. First and fifth would be Let's run it. really, really optimal. So we'll run this. Well, Everybody knows yeah. the rules. You get one sim. If you run more than one, you don't get to share it with anybody. You can just keep it to yourself. Let's sim this lottery. Here we go. That's not great. So in this that sim, hurts. Orlando ended up seventh, and the Bulls pick ended up ninth, which would then convey to the Magic. So I'm telling this is you, the Jonathan, kind of stuff that I have nightmares about. I'm taking this helmet well, off. Well, this is this is the thing. If they terrible, if they get to seven, and they say the Orlando Magic, I am turning my TV off. And I'm probably not turning it back on until the first game of the season. Uh, th- that means I'm missing the draft. If the <laughs> the Magic at seventh and the Bulls pick at ninth, what do you do? Do you package seven and nine and whatever else you need and get up to four? I think in this nightmare scenario, Luke, what you do is you package whatever you have to to be able to get back into the top four. So we're looking at, like, Sacramento, Oklahoma City, New Orleans. Are any of those teams going to be, like, super excited to part with a top-four pick? No. But you package whatever you have to. If it's both of those picks plus the, you know, the Chicago, you know, 2023 pick or the the Denver 2025 pick, I, I don't know that our front office would do that. I doubt they would. I think I would just because, like, at some point you're going to have too many young guys. But – like you sold out for the last couple of months of the season. If this is what ends up happening, you j- you have to find a way to to try to move up at least into the top five. And in that scenario, look at that. Oklahoma City ends up with three and they end up with five. So with all the picks Oklahoma City is going to have, how many young guys did they want? So maybe they're willing to part with the third or, or, the, or the fifth pick. Who knows? But that's nightmare scenario. Just for our mental health, I'm going to sim this again. Orlando ended up second. Chicago ended up ninth. I'm okay with that. That just goes to show you it's literally like 50-50 with the Magic ending up in the top four. We'll do this again. Magic end up sixth. Chicago ends up ninth. Run it one more time. Orlando ends up three. So it's literally like the fact that it's going to come down to a coin flip, Luke, to me is really like the worst thing. The fact that all of this pain and suffering is going to come down to a coin flip of whether or not we end up in the top four. Yeah, and that's why we're going to be stressed out from now until June 29th or whatever night well, the draft lottery well, is. Well, what's what's stressing me out right now, Jonathan, is not really even so much like these these Pistons, Rockets. Definitely not really the Timberwolves game that much, or Timberwolves team. But uh, OKC, the fact they've lost ten straight, they're now two games up on the Magic, and they're down right now to the Wizards, so they're going to go to a game and a half up on the Magic. Um, that's terrifying. Really, I mean, you know it's bad when Tankathon on like your, what is it, your your last ten games or streak or whatever it is, it says lost ten next to OKC and it's highlighted in neon green, meaning this is very good for for tanking. This is great, and OKC has lost ten straight. They're about to lose eleven straight. I don't know what their strength of schedule is, Jonathan, for the remaining remainder of the year, but. There's going to be a point where the Thunder could drop and be even worse than the Magic on the standings, which will be terrible. I don't need that in my life either. 
So from what I understand, uh, I believe the Oklahoma City Thunder have an easier strength of schedule than the Magic do. Yeah, so overall, Houston has the number one hardest strength of schedule. And excuse me, actually, Oklahoma City has a harder strength of schedule than we do. They're eighth. We're 12th. Eighth. Uh, Minnesota is 15th. Cleveland is 17th. Detroit is 16th. So Oklahoma City is really a team that we need to look out for. We hope that we're just bad enough to stay ahead of them, and we're hoping now that Detroit is going to be just good enough to let us get ahead of them, and, and possibly they get above the the Thunder at this point. But Shea Gilgis-Alexander, uh, I think it's with some type of foot or ankle injury. He's supposed to be out another two weeks, Luke. So Yeah, I mean, their current, two weeks, their a lot current construction... Happen. Their current construction of their roster, they are... It's disgraceful. A, like, Do you know what it reminds me of? They're bad. At this point, what? so Josh Hall is out. Isaiah Roby is day-to-day. Lou Dort is day-to-day. Shea Gilgis-Alexander with the foot injury out at least two weeks. Mike Muscala is out. Al Horford, they said they're not playing him the rest of the season because he's too good and they want to get developmental minutes for their young guys. But this reminds me of what the Philadelphia Eagles did to the New York Giants, the last game of the season, up on the Redskins <laughs> in the second half and take mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts out and put in, I forget the guy's freaking name. That's how terrible he was. And let the Redskins win that game. And I believe that won them the division. So the Redskins made the playoffs and screwed screwed the Giants really out of, out of a playoff spot. So this is kind of the reverse of that. You want them to how be good they? so your team ends up worse. But... Yeah, the Thunder aren't doing us any favors, and before tonight it didn't seem like the Pistons wanted to do us any favors. That game really should have wrapped up by now. I'm trying to pull up the score here. And, yeah, Detroit ended up winning that game 109-105, to so good on Detroit. I don't know if Tankathon has updated this automatically quite yet. 17-40, so, yeah, we're still just a half game up on the Pistons, so... We'll see what happens Tuesday versus Atlanta. I don't know when Detroit's next game is. Uh, I I can't imagine they probably play tomorrow night. M- maybe they on a back-to-back. But there's a chance tomorrow night Atlanta's fighting for their playoff lives. You know, they want to end up, you know, right around, you know, fourth or fifth. That's still in play for them. So, I mean, they're playing well right we'll, now, we'll too. We'll see what happens. Yeah, they absolutely they're, are. So the Magic have a chance they, to lose tomorrow against Atlanta. Yeah. Um, the one thing that I want to look out for, Jonathan, is, you know, those the teams that in the, uh, you know, we look at teams that have a really hard strength of schedule, right? You look at those games, but the Magic know better than anybody, especially that run they had what was a, a, you know, a few weeks ago where the Magic go up against, you know, star-studded teams and they just rest all their guys because they're like, oh, it's Orlando, we need a night off. I do wonder, as seeds kind of become more solidified, Maybe some guys, some teams clench the you know the the one spot, or they clench home court advantage, which is most important to them. You know they have those top um, four spots in in the playoffs. You do wonder that even those teams that have the strength of schedule, it's going to get crazy because they're going to have play teams that make their strength of schedule hard, but essentially make it easier because they're going to arrest some guys, um, especially that that final stretch. I think. Um, so that'll be something to look out for too. So while OKC has a harder strength of schedule, who's to say that, you know, they go up against whoever at the end of the year and they don't sit guys. Now, conversely, that can happen for the magic too, um, where the magic win a game against a a good team, top of the line team, 
because they were sitting some guys out. So just kind of the unpredictability of the NBA, Jonathan. Um, and I'm, I really don't know, you know, which way it's going to go, but I, I hope that teams rest their, their players against, you know, the OKCs of the world, the Pistons as well. Uh, T Wolves, Rockets, all of them feel free. Set your players. When you play against the magic though, I, I need everybody playing. I need everybody to play for the other team and let's lose some games. So before we get into the game summaries, Luke, let me just rob you of that hope. The Thunder played okay. the Kings three times in their last seven games. Yeah. They play mm-hmm. the Kings three times in their last seven games. <laughs> I don't feel great about that. How does that make you feel? Uh, not not better. Not great. <laughs> yeah, not better. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Let's get into these game summaries. So 102-97 to loss at home to the Spurs on Monday. Magic shot just 5 of 20 from 3, 20 of 32 from the free throw line, and coughed up 15 turnovers in that game. Wednesday, a 115-106 to win in Chicago against the Bulls. Magic out-rebound the Bulls 46-40, to turned the ball over just 7 times, shoot 44% from the 3-point line, and held as much as a 23-point lead in this game. This was the first time the Magic played the Bulls with Nikola Vucevic since the trade deadline. Vuce had 29 points, shot 11 of 20 from the floor, 5 of 8 from 3, 11 rebounds. Same old Vucevic. Don't want to spend too much time on Vuce because it just seems like for the last month that's all we've done is talk about Vuce. But what was it like for you to to see Vuce lined up against the boys in blue? Well... You knew he – it looked for a while there that he was running away with the leading score on the Bulls. Um, and then Levine went off. Uh, ends up outscoring Vooch 30-29, to 29, and the Bulls inched closer um, in those final few minutes as a result. But, um, yeah, no, it was weird. It, it wasn't that – it wasn't as weird because I had already seen him play games in Bulls uniforms already in, in its entirety. So it, it wasn't that weird. I've, I'm kind of I'm used to it now, um, for the most part, as much as anybody could be, I guess. But really, who I wanted to to emphasize was Wendell Carter Jr. Like he he had he played well, eight of sixteen. He had a double double, nineteen and twelve, four assists. It wasn't a Vooch stat line, um, but he did out rebound Vooch for what it's worth, um, and he out assisted. Vooch as well with three more. He had four assists total. So um, I was impressed with Wendell Carter that night. I was impressed that the team won that night as well, uh, despite only getting nine points from Chuma on 10 shots. Um, Ennis stepped up. MCW stepped up shooting 50% from the field, which is great to see. Uh, Gary Harris was good as well. Who Gary Harris has a weird stat. He's shooting better from the three-point line than from field, from field goal for the Magic. Um, if I, let's see if I have this pulled up. I do. So, um, he's shooting 34% from the field. Gary Harris is, and, but he is shoot also shooting 46% from three on 2.6 attempts. So take that for whatever you want to take it as. Uh, but that night Gary Harris had a great game and, uh, it was, it was good to see, you know, you don't want to see wins that much anymore, but they're going to happen. And if it's going to happen, I'd like to see the, you know, the young guys shown out, especially Wendell. I you know, was really happy for him to put on the, the show that he did and win against his former team that dealt him away previously. So Friday night, a 113 to 102 loss to the Toronto Raptors in Tampa. I was at that game and we can talk about that in a moment. 
Magic were down by as much as 18 in the fourth quarter. Paul Watson had a 20-point third quarter, including six made threes. He finished with 30 points on the game. The Magic did a good job of Carl forcing 17 Watson, turnovers. Yeah, Carl Watson, exactly. We'll get to that, <laughs> all right? Uh, but the Magic did a good job of forcing 17 turnovers, ended up shooting 23 of 34 from the free throw line, which down the stretch really could have been the difference. They let the Raptors shoot 50% from the floor, Luke, and 40% from three. So, yes, Paul slash Carl Watson, because I had never heard of this guy before, and the announcer at Amelie, when he was announcing the starting lineups, it sounded like he said, Carl Watson. <laughs> Carl, Paul, it kind of sounds the same over the PA. So, yes, I thought his name was Carl. I tweeted that out. I had never heard of the guy's name. I was like, this guy, Carl Watson, who I've never heard of, is killing the magic. And people were like, it's Paul. I was like, exactly. I have no idea who this freaking guy is. But he was just destroying us, like just legitimately destroying us. It, he looked like Steph Curry out there. But So, yeah, Friday I decided that I was going to go down to Tampa, to Emily Arena. I've seen plenty of lightning games there. I was supposed to see a Magic Heat preseason game there years ago, but issues with the ice or whatever. There was condensation on the floor. They ended up canceling that preseason game. This is years and years ago this, when Dwight was still there. But, so, I'm at the arena, and it's really cool, like, when you get there, the way everything is set up, you really feel like you're at a Raptors home game. But, Luke, when I tell you that there was zero atmosphere, there was zero energy, like, you could tell that this was not really a home game for either one of Lots of, of crowd teams. noise. The crowd noise was unbelievable. Like, it was louder in that building than it could possibly be with a packed house. Like, it was almost hurting my ears PA was so guy was just like cranking noise all the way yeah. to 10. It was ridiculous. Yeah. I was like, even if we were in Toronto, this game would not be this loud. It's just not possible. I was, how are these guys right. supposed to play and function through this? So, I mean, they're trying to fabricate that environment, but it, it was just a little bit too much. Oh, it's fabricated. Forget about the result of the game. It was just it, probably the least fun game that I've ever been to. Just to be honest with you, it, it, I had a good time with the guys that I was with. I went with a, a buddy of mine and, and my stepbrother and, and another family member, but I had a good time with those guys. But the game itself was just not fun whatsoever. Like people want to talk about the Amway and and those games not always being that exciting. The Magic do a really good job of like the in-game entertainment and everything like that. Even if the product on the floor isn't that great, the the Magic and especially with stuff and. You know, the, the 407 crew, whatever they're called now, they got rid of the Magic Dancers. But those games are still fun to go to. And this game, I understand it's not their arena. It's not really a home game and everything like that. But it just was not very fun at all. If there's ever an expansion, I would be absolutely shocked if Tampa got a team. Because you would think, and I saw all of these articles at the beginning of the year when they said that the Toronto Raptors were going to play in Tampa, how... Tampa was going to get behind this team and it was going to be the hot ticket in town and yada, yada, yada. Now, the Magic being there probably had a lot to do with that because there were more Magic fans than there were Toronto slash Tampa Raptors fans, but just would not a, was not a good time. The highlight of my experience there was the Cuban sandwich that I got after the first quarter. <laughs> that was it. But so, that was a good sandwich, though. Oh, dude. Bussin'. Capital B-U-S-S-I-N apostrophe. <laughs> Bussin. I would 10 out of 10 recommend recommend the Havana Knights Cuban. There's actually a Havana Knights uh, not too far from me, which I think 
they are affiliated. So I'm actually going to have to hit that up because that was one of the best Cuban sandwiches I have ever had, Luke. Huh. Anyways, moving on. 114 to 110 loss to the Houston Rockets at home last night. Great loss. The Magic held great loss. Not not really. We'll we'll, we'll get to this. <laughs> the Magic held a 12 point first half loss that was whittled down to six at the half. Houston shot 54 percent from the floor in the third quarter, holding the Magic to just 33 percent to outscore the Magic 32 to 18 to take an eight point lead into the fourth quarter. Dwayne Bacon scored 14 points in the fourth quarter as he tried to help bring the Magic back. Down five with 28 seconds left. Cole Anthony hit a three to cut the lead to two. Started fouling intentionally. Rockets hit the free throws the rest of the way, and the game was over. Luke, this is what I call a lose-lose. If you win the game, it hurts your draft lottery odds, and obviously that's not good. But to lose this game to this team the way that they did is in itself a loss. We'll talk about this in a second, the defensive drop-off that we've seen out of this team. But the way that this team, not just the Rockets game, but the way that they've been playing the last couple of weeks now, they're not getting better, Luke. And what you want to see out of the young guys now is you want to see the young guys getting better. You want to see the young guys improve because tank or no tank, Cade or Jalen or no Cade or Jalen, whoever, if the guys that we have now are not good and they are not capable of getting better, I don't think we're there yet, but there are some concerning signs. But if the guys that we have now are not good, this rebuild is is not where we thought it was, you know, two weeks ago or whatever. So well, I'd like to hear your thoughts on that. This team is not getting better lately. It's slightly concerning. Nothing to set your hair on fire about. But are you is do you have an issue at all with what's going on right now? Um, not, not really because Before, let me, to be let me read this you, to you. Just let me give you this yeah. one stat really quickly. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. First four games after the trade deadline, magic were third in the league in defensive rating. Since then they are dead last Luke in the entire league. That's a little concerning. Uh, when yeah. I read that, I was like, Oh yeah. So the, the angle that I'll take on this just to, pretty much play devil's advocate because anyway you slice it like yeah that's concerning um is i'll say this uh the magic are currently 18 and 39 jonathan players look at standings players know this is tank mode we can take some defensive possessions off in fact we can probably take the whole game off if we take it off together. What? So. This man's going. This is what I'm saying. Devil's advocate. That, that's what I'm saying, though, is because defense isn't fun. Unless you're Jonathan Isaac and, and, and Mo Bamba, defense isn't fun. There are guys in the league who will tell you defense is my favorite part. That's because, Jonathan, they can't play offense. So, Draymond Green. Um and so all that to say, I, I think that, that there is just there's neg- there, there's not negativity. There's just like there's margin, right? They know that they can lose games and the organization won't get mad at them. Cliff might, but the organization is not going to get mad at them for, for, for slacking off um, and losing. Um, I shouldn't say slack off because the organization probably would be. Um, however, if it equals a loss, that, that, that's a win. 
for for the the draft lottery night, that's a win. So all that to say, I'm just wondering if these young guys are just kind of like, oh, they're getting a little comfortable, right? They come in from the trade, RJ, Wendell, um, all those guys, uh, you know, Gary Harris, whatever, when he finally came back, like, but at the start, like you said, they were they did well when they, after the trade deadline, defensively. They were wanting to impress Cliff. They were wanting to say, see, coach, I got it. But then they started understanding and getting comfortable with the fact that this team is bad. They're going to be bad. People want them to lose. Fans want them to lose. Let's take a little possession off. Not many NBA players, especially young guys, are going to take an offensive possession off, which is why the Magic have scored over 100 in their last three games. So I just think that, that 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 could be a part of it. They're human. They're kids. They could know, oh, I can conserve energy for the offensive end if I just don't play much defense. That's my theory. Um, and, and yes, it, it, hear me say this. It is concerning. But also hear me say this. They know they're tanking. And they know there's some leeway there. So don't take this the wrong way. Do you believe a word that you just said? I believe a little bit of it, yes. I do. Okay. I do. Because this is my thing. You look at guys like Gary Harris who just got traded from the Nuggets. He was in a position to potentially play for a, a title this year. He's been traded away. He's definitely looking to prove himself. Defense or not fun or, or whatever. Wendell Carter Jr. being traded away from the Bulls. That guy, even in losses, you cannot could not convince me that he's not trying to prove himself and everything like that. Mo Bamba, if that dude's not trying to prove himself, he needs to be gone yesterday because he has nothing to do but prove himself. Cole Anthony went two months without playing basketball. I don't believe that that dude is going to be sandbagging it whatsoever. I just think that this team isn't very good right now. They are young. For whatever reason, we haven't gotten to the point where they're like fully buying into what Clifford is selling. Like in the 2018-2019 season, we kind of saw everybody buy in and then the team just took off defensively. A lot of that was due to Jonathan Isaac. We can debate that another day. But to me, it is concerning that at this point, so the last five games in a row, Luke, the Magic have let teams shoot at least 40% from three, at the very least. We've seen some stuff like 45%, 47% in a couple of these games where we're absolutely just getting waxed. Now, I have felt like for a couple of years now, the Magic get into this habit of overhelping defensively, leaving their guys wide open for three. The other team starts rotating the ball. They swing it to a guy that's wide open for three, and then he just literally has a wide open three. And that's what we're seeing. Guys seem to be overhelping, falling asleep on their guys. You talk about the other night, Paul Watson, Terrence Ross just completely falling asleep after the guy had hit like three or four threes, and just forgetting that the guy's there comes down back-to-back possessions, wide open corner threes. Like, what are we doing here? This guy is killing us. The last last night against the Rockets, what was the young kid's name? Um, Armani or Amani Cooper, was it? I forget the, the young man's name. Had never heard of him until last night. Steve Clifford was talking about the assistant coaches, specifically oh, talking about him. Amani Brooks. Amani Brooks, excuse me. Specifically talking about him prior to the game in their game plan that they needed to hone in on him and he's another guy getting wide open looks at three last night. So things like that, to me, are slightly concerning. Again, we have a bunch of young guys. I think they'll be able to figure it out. I'm not hitting the panic button, 
But there's just some things that we're seeing, especially like the loss last night to a Houston Rockets team who is not good, right? But still allowing them to shoot 40% from the three when they're one of the worst teams in the league this year statistically at shooting the three ball. Um, It's not great. I guess we can put it that way. But hopefully 15 games left, we can turn things around defensively. I think this team is going to struggle to score for the rest of the year. They just don't have that guy right now that's just going to go get a bucket anytime he wants it. But I'm glad to hear that we're both at least a little bit concerned by what's been happening with the defense. And do you think that over the next couple of weeks it's going to get any better? Or do you think that as they see the standings, they're going to start to see, oh, we've got we've got eight or nine games left to go, and then I'm, I'm going to be out in, in Cabo. I'm going to be in... Hawaii, Ibiza, wherever I'm going for the offseason. When do you think this team realizes that the season is over and they start looking ahead to vacation? Because that seems to happen with every team at the end of the year when you know you have no shot at the playoffs. Right. Well, it's the all-star game mentality, right? It's the, I'm going to score more than you, but I'm not going to play defense. And and that that is where I do think that, yes, this team sucks. Like this team is not good. However, they, they they are fun. They are fun, but they do suck. Um, so all that to say, I mean, it just goes back to my point. I do think that you couple the fact that they suck to the fact that um, they they're they're. I I understand what you're saying about like you know Gary Harris trying to prove himself. Wendell Carter is always going to be busting his butt. Whatever. There are still guys on the roster that are going to just kind of throw their hands up and say, "I'm playing offense tonight." Play, players do that. Unfortunately, the all-star game mentality doesn't work for teams that are terrible. And the Magic are terrible. So, yes, you couple that with the fact that they're going to slack off a little bit. You get closer to the end of the season. Guys are going to just be trying to put up 20, 30 points um, in a game, get their career highs maybe. RJ Hampton going to continue to try to get his shot down, which he should. Um, Cole Anthony going to continue to try to get in his rhythm, most importantly on offense. These guys know they can turn it on defensively when they want to turn it on. Offensively, they need to get in a rhythm. Cole needs to end this season on a high note. Going 5 of 14 isn't going to cut it. So uh, him, RJ, would love to see Gary Harris get in a rhythm and and boost his field goal percentage and take some more threes. Um, It's even keep his three-point percentage around where it is right now. But, yeah, I mean, it's going to come down to the point where they don't really care anymore. And guess what? Fans aren't going to care because they're just going to be looking at box scores. They're not even going to watch games anymore, and they're going to just hope that there's an L next to the Magic every night that they play a game for the rest of the year. What I will say last thing about this Houston Rockets game is like the last three minutes of that game, I don't think I've ever seen two teams that were so like disinterested with trying to win that game. Yeah. Like we saw RJ missed a three. Uh, I think it was DJ Wilson missed like a, a pretty makeable layup. Then we see a couple of minutes later, Gary Harris. I think there was probably like 10 or 12 seconds left on the shot clock just takes a corner three which he's been shooting the ball pretty well so I understand and then like he's like driving to to the to the rim and loses the ball and tries to save it as he's like diving out of bounds to try to tap it to the corner I think it was Chuma or Cole in the corner and I was like what is happening here this is like strictly like shacked in a full basketball at this point those two teams were just trying to out tank each other the last couple of minutes there and then Christian Wood makes a, a runner over Wendell Carter Jr. Um, 
and basically, the, you know, the, the game was was really over for that point. Again, Cole hits a three to cut it to two, and then Cole, Kelly Olynyk hits some free throws. Uh, I think Cole Anthony made another layup. Rockets made some more free throws, and, and then the game was over from there. But anyways, Luke, we're going to switch gears here a little bit back towards the draft and the draft lottery and everything like that. So Cade Cunningham, widely regarded by most people that you ask out there, is like the unanimous number one overall pick in this year's draft. People are rightfully excited about the potential of the Magic drafting Cade Cunningham if they end up in the top three, they end up number one overall is what it's going to look like it's going to take to get him. But recently, the other day, on his Instagram Live, Cade Cunningham is hanging with his boys. And they're like, hey, where are you at? People are on Instagram are asking, where are you at? Where are you at? He's like, I'm in my city. This, this is my city. He's like, I'm in, I'm in the O. Oh, I'm in Orlando. So he's claiming that Orlando is his city. So Cade Cunningham played at Montverde Academy, then went on to play at Oklahoma State. But he's claiming, Luke, that Orlando is his city. So I wanted to ask you, first of all, what did you think about Cade's Cade's claim that Orlando is his city, and are you reading into that whatsoever? Um, I mean, maybe, right? I mean, players have preferred destinations. Um, you know, uh, if Cade truthfully likes Orlando, and it sounds like he does, he it means he probably doesn't like snow that much. He doesn't like the cold that much. Jonathan, he doesn't want to go to Minnesota. He doesn't want to go to Detroit. He might be okay with Houston. But but all that to say, if Orlando is truthfully his city, maybe he prefers in the hopes Orlando's gonna get that top pick. I have no idea. But that might I wouldn't be surprised if we if you know interviews start happening more as we get closer to, to lottery night and and draft night and you hear Cade saying, like, yeah, I, I, w- I would love to go to Orlando. People are gonna ask him that, right? Especially if the Magic get the number one pick in the lottery. Um, they'll be asking him all about Orlando and he'll be able to talk about it. And I'm sure we'll find out the most if that happens, but yeah, I mean, uh, just, it is what it is. Taking it at face value. Cade Cunningham wouldn't mind being in Orlando. Wouldn't mind maybe donning a magic Jersey. So I'm glad that you brought up those points because that is exactly the angle that I was taking. Looking at this, hearing what he's saying. When I start looking at the top of the, the draft lottery simulator right now, you look at Minnesota, Houston, Detroit, Orlando, Oklahoma City, Cleveland, like Orlando, in my opinion, would should be the like the preferred destination. First of all, obviously, look at weather, right? Like Orlando, Houston are, are definitely top two in that regard. Who wants to play in Minnesota or Detroit? Oklahoma City gets a little bit cold. Cleveland, in the words Joe of Kim Joe Noah, would <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Do you go to Cleveland on vacation? No, you right. don't. I'm glad that we're on the same wavelength when it comes to when it comes to Cleveland and Joe Kim Noah. But then when you start looking at like the basketball situation that he would enter into, Cade probably feels the same way that a lot of us feel about this young core of Orlando. And you talk about Cole Anthony, you talk about Chuma Okiki, Markel Fultz, Jonathan Isaac, Mo Bamba, Wendell Carter Jr., all of these young guys. Cade is probably looking at that and says, you can plug me right into either that shooting guard or, or small forward position. I could share the ball with, with Markel Fultz and, and with Cole Anthony or RJ Hampton. And when it when it's game time, 
when it when the game is on the line the last four or five minutes and we need a basket I could be that guy to go and get the basket when you talk about being drafted to a franchise and becoming the franchise guy Kate gets drafted here and he's automatically that like the whatever guy you were to take at number one automatically becomes the franchise guy you could argue that Cade out of the top four or five guys that we talk about Cade is probably the guy that is most ready for that from day one to come in and, and don the magic jersey and say I'm here now I'm the guy let's get ready let's go ahead and do this when you start talking about Minnesota Carl Anthony Towns is already there D'Angelo Russell is there Anthony Edwards he's just going to be another guy there you talk about Houston you could argue that Christian Wood is already going to be the guy there. Detroit, he would probably become the guy there, but they've got like a young Killian Hayes. They've got Jerry and Grant. They don't have as much young talent as the Magic have. The climate isn't as good as what Florida has. You look at Oklahoma City, they've already got Shea Gilgis-Alexander. They've got a few other young guys. You look at Cleveland, it's Darius Garland. It's Colin Sexton. So for all of those reasons, Luke, I feel like Cade... If I'm looking, if I'm Cade and I'm looking at everything, I'm honestly trying to be unbiased here. But if I'm looking at all the options, I'm like Orlando is where I would want to end up. Yeah, and I, like you said, you're unbiased, trying to be unbiased. But at the end of the day, it's pretty biased of a take. But I agree with you, um, especially from mainly from the spot the lie. Main, mainly from from the weather standpoint, I I definitely agree. That pl- that's got to play into it. it. I mean, it. You can't. Yeah. If, if everything is the same, you're telling me Detroit or Orlando, like. Right. The the I, place that I could see him enjoying, in terms of young talent and and climate, is Houston. Christian Wood, Jay Sean Tate, John Wall, KPJ, like they've got some studs there in Houston. That would be a fun team to play for. Um. You know, once they get their legs beneath them and they add a guy like piece like that, who knows? So, uh, so yeah, I mean, I, I do agree. Orlando's got to be up there, and especially with him claiming it, it is his city. I mean, I, I, I don't see why not, why, why Cade wouldn't want to be in Orlando. I'm getting young Jeezy vibes. <laughs> I put on for my city, on, on for my, you know, every high school basketball game that you went to That's in the, true. you know, the, the beginning of the 2010s. That was played at every single one of those games. It doesn't matter what campus you were on. During the, the layup line and the warm-ups, that game was playing, without a doubt. So just to, to bring up, so we're talking about the draft and everything like that. We're talking about the potential number one overall pick. So today I saw Trevor Lawrence's recent pick, He's a recent tweet, excuse me, he said, Thank you, Jaguar fans. We really appreciate the wedding gifts and donations for charities of our choice. <laughs> In addition to the donations, Marissa and I will be donating $20,000 to charities in Jacksonville. Thanks again. We hope to be a part of your community soon. This is a guy just coming out and saying it. I want to be the number one overall pick. I want to play for the Jags. Like, here we go. Maybe we see the same thing out of Cade. Who knows? Maybe he even says, you know what? I understand that Minnesota's got the first pick. Houston's got the second pick. Maybe another team has the third pick. Don't even bother picking. I don't want to play for your teams. I'm going to the Magic at four. (laughs) Maybe, maybe, probably not. The, Definitely not. Yeah. But we can dream. Mm. Right, Luke? We, we will continue to dream. You know. So uh, another thing that we can dream about is our Top Shot accounts to the, to moon, the moon, Luke. So we wanted to, to give a, a Top Shot update. So go ahead and start us off with that. Well, so the last time that I really talked Top Shot, I was holding on to an Anthony Davis. I got in the seeing stars, Anthony Davis. 
did. I was panicking. I didn't know when to sell him. I'm really glad I sold him when I did. Um, wish I would have sold him sooner, honestly. But uh, yeah, I think I ended up selling him for for two twenty or something, which isn't bad considering the fact that I paid. What did we pay for the Seeing Stars? I don't even remember. Was it ten? Twenty two dollars. I think that pack might have been. Yeah. So. I could be wrong. I, I don't know. It was a it was a very low amount compared to what I sold Anthony Davis for. That's for sure. Um, so yeah, I, I sell Anthony Davis. Then uh, from there, I you know I I see I got a little little bit of money in the uh, the Top Shot account. So I start I, you know I I purchase some things, I sell some things. Um, I've just kind of been testing out the markets, really seeing how things go i i eyeball certain moments that i don't even have and just kind of see how they you know climb or, or don't climb or fall so uh jonathan i think right now i mean let's see let's see if i can get you my my most prized possession right now um it's probably a spencer denwitty moment that i bought today i don't have many that i like hold near and dear to my heart right now I have a Markel dunk that costs like 10 bucks. Um, but I do have a Spencer Denwitty, which I think he was like 50 or 60 or something. Um, I got him recently because my new quest is to just get a bunch of series one moments. I want to have magic moments. Uh, Markel, you know, whoever it might be Chuma. Eventually I'd like to get a Chuma. Um, but right now it's, it's kind of putting my eyes on series ones. Right now, I've got an Al Horford Series 1, a Lou Williams Series 1, um, and then a Spencer Dinwiddie Series 1. And then along with that, I've got the Cole Anthony game winner um, with a really good serial number. It's 627 out of 35,000. That is a circulating card moment, too, meaning it'll be made more of. Um, that Markel. And then I've got a Wendell Carter Jr., but it's his only moment, and it's from when he was in Chicago. So I wanted to get it just in case Wendell kind of comes into his own in Orlando, which it seems like he's might. Um, and, you know, his, you know, that Wendell stock goes up. Um, I've also got a seeing stars, Donovan Mitchell, that I bought just in case um, the Jazz, who are the top team in the West, um, just in case the Jazz make a run in the postseason and Donovan Mitchell is the reason for it. Um, then I have his seeing stars and hopefully that will go up. I am selling right now, though, my Al Horford and my Lou Williams, trying to sell them both. Um, so that I can get a return large enough to purchase a Markel Fultz Series 1. Then in turn, I would sell the Markel Fultz dunk that I've got that just doesn't mean much. So so me, Luke, really what it comes down to is, as I've told my story on here before, I was lucky, lucky enough to get into a rare drop like close to like two months ago now. I ended up getting a... Uh, who was it? A Dylan Brooks Metallic Gold Limited Edition that I think I bought that pack for like fifteen or no, I bought it for a hundred bucks. That a base? I oh no, that it. wasn't a base pack. No, no, it was it was a rare Metallic right. Gold Limited Edition. I flipped that for nine hundred bucks. So since then, you know, I've used some of that money to buy some other moments, purchase, you know, get into some of the other drops that I've been lucky enough to get in, which is bit, I'm like three for twenty five <laughs> at this point. It seems like something crazy like that. But I purchased some moments like when the like the wave of Top Shot was really still on the way up. And since then, everybody knows the bubble has kind of popped. Mm -hmm. uh, it just as the hype has kind of died down, it, as people have noticed that it's harder and harder to get into these drops. So it's not as many people flooding in because it's like even if you get in, 
if signups are active at the time, even if you get in, you might not be able to get into a drop. And if you don't get into a drop, the chances of you are of making money from that are it's it's really really difficult. It's like the stock market essentially. So just to run down some of these moments and what they're at now. So I purchased a Cole Anthony, uh, his basically rookie moment, the first jump shot that he had against the Heat. I bought that for five oh nine. Right now the lowest ask is two hundred. So I've lost three oh nine on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I purchased a Markel Fultz three-pointer, like the three-quarter court uh, shot that he had uh, at the buzzer against the Kings in the bubble. Purchased that for 270 right now. It's down to 105, so I've lost 165 on that. And that that's really just how it's gone for me. So my whole strategy is purchasing Series 1 limited edition, anything that the serial and like the, the max circulation is less than 4,000. So I've got the Cole Anthony, which is to 4,000, the Markel Fultz 3, which is to 1,500, a Markel Fultz dunk, which is to 2,986, an Aaron Gordon dunk, which is to 3,999, the Chuma Okiki rookie card, which is to 4,000, a Mo Bamba dunk, which is to 2,767, and the rest of the cards are, are just, you know, 5 and $7 cards that I've picked up of, like, Aaron Gordon, Nikola Vucevic, Evan Fournier, Terrence Ross, some of the cheaper cards. I purchased the uh, the Nikola Vucevic Seeing Stars. Uh, at one point, that was up to like almost $200. I ended up getting that for $30, so I was pretty happy about that, but that value has also kind of dropped off now. Some of these cards I'm, I'm going to totally be fine with holding on to for quite a while. Yeah. You and I have talked. What I'm really looking forward to is once the market – becomes open to China, whether that's going to be on Top Shot's official release or if they'll officially or eventually open up the the beta and, and start letting users from China in just because as popular as the game is in China, that's just a huge market that they're going to come in and realize they missed out on some of these limited edition moments that they might not be able to get in packs anymore. So that's my goal is to hold on to these low serial number limited edition cards that I have with the hopes that I can eventually make my money back. Right. That would be really nice. Making a profit would be great, but right now I'm really just going to be looking for new Orlando Magic moments that come out like you have the Wendell Carter. Wendell Carter not in a Magic uniform doesn't really get me going. Like I wouldn't be excited to have that moment, but what I would be excited for would be like a Wendell Carter like his first moment in a Magic jersey. I'll be super excited for that. I'm willing to sell one of my kids to get Jonathan Isaac's <laughs> first moment whenever that debuts on, on the Top Shot Marketplace or it comes out in packs or whatever. Yeah. Not really, but that's another moment that I'll be yeah. really excited for. Yeah. If we get a Cade Cunningham or a Jalen Green, oh, yeah. I'm going to be all over that next year, and it's going to be super hard to come by, but I'll be excited for those moments as well. Yeah, so, so before we move on, we're, we're coming up on an hour here, but uh, I – wanted to give a quick top shot tip so the the tip that i want to give is there's a lot of people who have either only gotten into the base pack drops um you know for the 10 bucks or whatever it might have been um i was so i've gotten the seeing stars anthony davis the thing i wish i would have done was sold him immediately at the time a lot of people didn't know how market would behave so people were telling me hold on to it hold on to it hold on to it if i could turn back time here i would go sell ad immediately when the market opened i probably could have gotten 500 600 for it um like i said i ended up getting like two something 260 or something but then i learned my lesson 
and I profited, and this is the tip. If you get in a pack drop for a uh, Cool Cats drop, a uh, Seeing Stars, All-Star, whatever special kind of drop they might have that's not a base pack, um, basically anything over $10, you're going to have one, pa- one, one moment that's special. I got a Chris Paul Cool Cats moment, which was the best Cool Cats player to get in this last drop, um, and immediately sold him for $92. You look at the market right now, Jonathan, he is selling lowest asking price, 35 bucks. When I sold him for 92, it was because I brought down the lowest ask from 93 to 92, sold him immediately, uh, played the market quick, got my money, got out. No sentimental value of holding on to CP3 anyway. Um, cool card, but $92 is more valuable to me than the sentimental value of holding, having a cool cat, special edition Chris Paul um, that goes up to 20,000 you know, uh, series number. Uh, number so uh, that's my tip you get a cool card you get a special card sell it immediately unless you have a sentimental value to it then don't um but yeah the, you're gonna see the the biggest value as if you know right now as the market behaves that seems to be the trend most valuable right at the drop when people didn't get in the drop and they are just kind of having nostalgia and 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 want to get that moment that they didn't get because they didn't get in the drop so that's definitely going to be true right after drops yeah like if you if you don't plan on holding on to that card for a long time and you're like, oh, maybe I can make more money in two or three days from now, that's probably not going to Even be the a case. Week. If you're looking yeah. to get your money back quickly, you want to sell that card the moment that you get it in most cases. That's going to be your best bet at, at making 9, 10x what you paid for the price of the pack. Yeah. However, you, know, you sold that Chris Paul for $92. Who's to say that in a year or two, that Chris Paul card might not be worth two, three hundred bucks. You j- you just don't know. Nobody knows how this is going to go. But like myself, my plan is to hold on to some of these cards as long as I need to. At this point, I'm really just trying to recoup what I put into the cards. But again, with these other markets that are going to be coming into play, and as time goes on, that's how it works with physical cards. More time that goes on because the scarcity people are just going to get some of these cards and hold on to them and never sell them moments. I keep calling them cards, but you guys know what I mean. But yeah, if you're looking to get your money back in the near future, right away is going to be your best bet. Other than that, me, I'm going to be holding on to some of these and hoping there's not any guarantee, but hoping that, you know, the next year two, maybe five years, whatever, whatever ends up happening with these guys. Like if you would have got a LeBron James rookie card, 20 years, you know, not 20, it's almost 20 years ago now, but 15 years ago or whatever, you probably could have got it for, you know, around 100 or 200 bucks. Now, if it's like a PSA graded 10 LeBron James rookie card, upper deck or whatever the most popular variant of that is, you're getting a few thousand dollars for that card. So you just never know what's going to happen with some of these guys. But that's Top Shot and... We're going to be idiots waiting for the next drop, even though we're not going to get it. Like that last drop on the like the hollow pack, there's, what, 30 people in the group chat that we're in, Luke? And what, dude, like one or two guys get into that? Mm-hmm. It was yeah. just like, oh, no, I'm 233,000. <laughs> oh, I'm 195,000. Like it was just no shot. And I think we had one or two guys that was lucky enough to get into that drop. And we're talking about for a $1,000 drop. Like, absolutely ridiculous. The worst part of that, were the requirements where we've seen other drops that are like, oh, you need you need three moments to get in. You need five moments to get in. This was like, you need 15 moments to get into this drop. And I was sitting there at freaking 14. Like, right. 
thanks for nothing, Dapper. You went from <laughs> five to fifteen. There was no like incremental increase that we could have seen a like a increase of that coming. But anyways, Luke, anything left on top shot before we talk about the next week of games for the Magic? Nope. That's it for me. Let's uh let's get into these next few games here. All right, Tuesday at Atlanta. Atlanta is currently 31-26. and 26. They're fourth in the Eastern Conference. Thursday versus the Pelicans, they're currently 25-32, and 32, 11th in the West. They are three games out of the play-in game, so you know they're going to be trying to win games. And then Sunday versus Atlanta, excuse me, Sunday versus Indiana, they're 26-30, and 30, 9th in the East. They just lost Miles Turner indefinitely with a toe injury, but they are going to be trying to stay out of the playing game if they can help it, try to get back. Uh, you know, maybe into the 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 seventh or or fifth spot there, uh, as standings are still kind of all over the place. So, we'll see what happens with the Pacers. But the good thing is, Luke, I feel like each of these teams this week are going to be trying to win. Where you know the last couple of of weeks that might not have been the case for the Magic, but this week I think for the Magic to win, they're going to have to play pretty good basketball. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, you're going to have to play good basketball. Uh, Miles Turner. Um, did they, I know it's indefinitely, but did they say anything else in terms of a, a time span that you've seen anywhere for him? I haven't seen anything at all. Um, what I, what I heard, it sounded like some type of tear, um, mm. in the, like the soft tissue in his foot. So, oh, so he's out. I'm sure they're he's hoping that, you know, if he comes back for the playoffs, maybe he could play, but something like that, I'm going to pull it up right now and, and see what the injury report actually is for miles. Yeah. Turner, it, but you and while think you're doing that, be without him the yeah, rest of the I'll, season. I'll uh, I'll just say, I'll say the Magic win a game they shouldn't this week. Magic shouldn't win any of these games, but I'm gonna say they win one. Uh, I think they'll go one and two. I think that 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 win will probably come to Indiana, and I'll I'll say that they go one and two. They they start out zero and two, and they win the last one of the week. So this says Turner is out indefinitely after suffering a partial tear of the planter plate in the great toe of his right foot. So great toe, I'm guessing, the, is the, big toe. That sounds that painful. Sound good. Mm-hmm. Doesn't sound good at all. So probably a good chance that we see the Pacers Sunday without Miles Turner. I will say if a win is going to come this week, I think it probably comes against the Pacers. Uh, Atlanta has been playing pretty well. New Orleans is literally fighting for their lives right now. In Indiana, it's just going to be interesting to see how they bounce back. I'm st- I'm going to say the Magic go 0 and 3, just because, especially the last week, we haven't really seen much out of this team that makes me feel good about them winning on any night, no matter who they're playing. I mean, they just lost to ar- arguably the worst team in the league in the Houston Rockets, who have now won like three games or four games out of their last 36. So, forgive me if I'm not overly optimistic about the magic getting a win this week but we're getting down to the nitty-gritty here luke 15 games left got games still against the 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 pistons and the timberwolves it's it's coming down here as far as where we're going to end up in the lottery so someone asked me today if the magic season was really over and i said every loss counts so not yet (laughs) yeah i uh yeah, and, and for those of you guys listening that also follow us on Twitter at Six Man Show, which is where you can find us everywhere, um, I'm going to be uh, continually uh, trying to, in the morning, put out a you know a lottery watch, if you will, um, and kind of saying you know you know who plays that night, 
and how many games up or down are they on the magic um so you know come come along with with us there and uh and and watch those because it's nice to know i know that's what i do every really every day i just look and see you know not only do you know are the magic playing tonight but are you know those teams that are around them in the standings like you know when you guys are hearing this the magic play the hawks uh tonight um but also the timberwolves play the kings so those are two bad teams and if the t wolves can lose that'd be great uh especially if we you know we just need those guys the guys that are below us to lose even more especially if okc decides to continue losing um you know so that we are top or bottom four at the worst and not bottom five so I will be tweeting that out probably every morning now. So Oklahoma City is about to lose to Washington. So that's something we still have to keep an eye on. But then Oklahoma City plays Indiana on Wednesday. So Miles Turner is out. Demonis Sabonis missed the game tonight. Uh, He's day-to-day with some type of back issue. And then Jeremy Lamb with a knee issue. He's day-to-day right now as well. So if Jeremy Lamb, Demonis Sabonis, and Miles Turner don't play Wednesday – Maybe the Thunder are able to eke out a win, and right now we desperately need them to do that. So, like it's it's the next, you know, three four weeks of the regular season is just going to be this nonstop. Like the f- bottom four or five teams just trying to juggle and see, okay, who's playing who? Are they going to be able to beat this team? Right. Are we going to be able to stay in the you know the the bottom four or everything like that? It's just really going to be madness, which just not great for your mental health, not great for your sleep, but. It is what it is, Luke. We're going to continue to do this every single week. Like you said, you're going to be posting like the draft, the tank watch updates, the lottery updates yep. in the mornings. And, yeah, we're just going to be doing a lot of scoreboard and, and standing and schedule and injury report watching the next month here. And then even after the regular season, Luke, like we still have a whole another month to go after that point before the draft lottery. I wish – as soon as the regular season is over, like the next day, once you know where everyone's odds are going to be, like just get it over with so All we right. don't have to wait. But anyways, Luke, anything else? That's it for me. All right. So one thing I wanted to bring up before we end the show here. So we're getting back uh, to the six-man show merch. So the sixmanshow.com slash shop. We have a new big choom tee, so the anomalous rookie. If you guys are able to check out that design, Every little bit helps, so pick up that tea. I've got one coming my way. A few others have ordered theirs. I know Luke's going to have his coming his way pretty soon. Absolutely sick. Um, great design. Really, really fresh tea. Great quality. The the print on the, the, the T-shirt is great quality as well, so make sure that you guys check that out. Uh, but other than that, for Luke, this has been Jonathan. You guys are listening to The Six Man Show, and we will catch you guys next time. See ya. Thanks for listening to The Six Man Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. Please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review. It would really help us out a lot. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Six Man Show and like us on Facebook. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic!